0: Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be His name. (laughs) Oh, nothing refreshes and comforts and encourages like the breath of the Holy Spirit. Some of you came today, didn't feel like coming, but you're here and the Holy Spirit wants to favor you. The devil did a lot of things to keep you from coming, but you pressed on. And even in the praise and worship, you just didn't feel like you wanted to feel by then, but you pressed on. And you realize it isn't always about my feelings, but it's always about my faith in God. I
1: will not live by how I feel alone. I will live by in whom I have believed. God, Jehovah, Jehovah
0: God. Oh, this beautiful. I thank you, Jesus. Remain standing, please, and go with me to the Old Testament for the lesson this morning. The book of Habakkuk will be in the section of the Bible known as the Minor Prophets. It would be almost at the end of the Old Testament. And we would look at chapter 2 of Habakkuk, please, for today's word from the Lord. Breathe on me, Spirit. Oh, He is. He is doing it. Tomorrow evening, ladies, you begin your Bible study time of Jesus, the one and only, the Beth Moore video Bible study that is facilitated by my wife, Miss Valerie. There are books available for that purpose if you've yet to purchase yours. And in the fabric of the men's Monday night discipleship opportunity, there still remains the men's Monday night prayer time at 7 for those who would like to participate in that i have a major task today and i have limited capacity based on the flesh but i have a unlimited god like you and he can help us do anything in habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 if you put it on the screen for me my brother the word of the Lord says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Back then they didn't have PowerPoint. Today I will make it plain on PowerPoint in just a moment. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it might come. You ain't got that kind of version, do you? No, no. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Before you see seated in a moment, I want you to pray. This is lesson number four. in A series of lessons entitled, Living in the In-Between. Last Sunday morning, I spoke to you on the subject of between a rock and a hard place. And I told you about Moses and the children of Israel. In the book of Exodus, who found themselves with the Red Sea in front of them. And Pharaoh's army behind them. I think you could describe that as a rock and a hard place. And that how did all of us, I've told you the last three and this is the fourth lesson, all of us are in between something in our lives. Yeah. All of us have visions and dreams that we thought should have already been achieved but hasn't yet. If you're like me, you've written some down some stuff in the past. You've written some stuff in your Bible margin, the front of your Bible or your, your daily journal. You've written down some stuff about your marriage, your family, your children, your job, your income. You're paying off your debt. You're owning your own business. You've written some visions. If you hadn't written them down on paper, you've probably written them down, down in your mind's tablet, your heart. And so, the Lord says you're in the in-between. But He's got something to say to us in the in-between. There's something that we need to be doing in the in-between instead of just marching around in the desert for 40 years. Come on, somebody help me here. The Lord told the Israelites, you have done marched around this mountain too many times. Get on with it. Okay? And there comes a time when that divorce is settled, it's over, and you're serving God. You need to march on and ask God to bless you in the future. I'm not an advocate of divorce, but I know in, inevitably because of human nature things happen and God allows for some some provisions to move on can I get an amen you didn't you didn't want to lose that job you were there 20 years you have a 401k looks like you're going to lose and and you don't know what it's time for you to say God you didn't bring me this far to leave me in a barren land if you gave me bread yesterday you'll give me bread today and bread tomorrow huh amen church It's time for you to say, Lord, I didn't expect to have this surgery. I didn't expect to have chemotherapy. I didn't expect to have this going on in my health. But I'm not near about to curse God and die. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're in the in-between. It's not time to backslide or get drunk. Unless you're drunk in the spirit. (laughs) I'm already feeling that breath on me. Stretch your hands in my direction. Ask God to help me help you. Father, in the name of, Come on, pray for me, somebody. Oh, God, at this pivotal moment in the life of our church family, this pivotal moment in all of our lives, individually, Lord, I'm speaking to men and women who know what it is to be anxious, who know what it is to wonder if you're going to come on the scene. I'm speaking to men and women, oh, God, who wrote some things down and they thought maybe God forgot them. But I pray that you'd resurrect that dream in us. Somebody say amen. God, I pray that you would empower us to go forward as we are in the in-between. I pray, Heavenly Father, this morning we are in God's strategic middle place. God didn't just let us wander here. You let us here. God. Come on, somebody. And I prayed it for the young people. They'd listen and receive. I pray for the young adults. I pray for the single adults. I pray for the single parents. I pray for the adults. I pray for the senior adults. Somebody say amen. I pray for those who work for people and who have people working for them. I pray for them. I pray, O God, for those who lead and those who follow. I pray fresh oil. Say amen, church. Fresh anointing upon us. Release your breath even further than you have. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen it is. Thank you so much for being seated. And thank you for receiving the anointed worship from the Lord. Put the slide of the title this morning, God's strategic middle place. The Last three Sundays, it's been the lesson's been all about you, where you are, what the Lord is saying when you are in a place that can be described between a rock and a hard place. For the last three Sundays, I've told you this is what God's saying. This is where he wants you to go and what he wants you to believe. Today, it's about us. Not just you, but us. This is the timing of the Holy Spirit when He has imparted in my mind and my spirit the release of what you need to hear about us. We, the church, the family of God, the body of Christ here at South Metro Ministries, are living in the in-between. We as a local ministry, but a ministry with worldwide influence. God is saying, you've been here, meaning this is your past, you've been here. You are here right now. And if you could imagine a timeline, perhaps in your mind, a timeline of this is the beginning and a timeline of this being the future. You are here in the past. You are here now. Now. And this is where I want to take you. And as I think about those words to the Lord, uh, from the Lord, this is not the first time that we as a ministry have been put in this place by God. Those of you who have been with me a while, you know the timeline, but those of you that are newer with us, you didn't come here by accident. This is God's timing for you too. So let me, let me show you God's strategic middle and where we are. This, this place of being in the middle Between where we have been and where we're going, started in 1975 with the founding pastor, Pastor Roger Powell and his wife Sharon. When God said to him as a pastor, you can either stay right here and do what I will bless, but you can listen to my voice and go further and find a church and establish a church and let me bless you beyond your capacity to contain it. And knowing that there would be risk ahead, 35 years ago, he said, Lord, I'll move. If you move the cloud, I'm going to follow it. In 1985, my wife and I came with our two girls, Kimberly being six weeks old and Jennifer being three years old. We came here to serve what was then Street City Church of God. And with the love, acceptance and support of those who were present at that time, God gave us the increase and we were placed in the in-between of staying with the status quo or expanding to include more. So, in 1987, we built an education facility at the previous location because God says, I want to move you more and more into the promised land. Can I get an amen here? Amen. You, if you're taking notes, this is a path that you might be on yourself, so you need to remember this for your dream and vision. Remember that there is something amazing about obeying God That brings His favor and His provisions. You won't hear that from T.D. Jakes. I had not sent it to him yet. But you hear it now. Okay? Listen. There's something amazing about obeying God that brings His favor and His provisions. So the Lord sent the increase again in 1987. And we we were placed in the in-between another time. And as a church much smaller than we are now, we decided that because of what God has placed in our hearts, we needed more than five acres, so we negotiated for the purchase of ten additional acres, which is our present location. So in 1987, we purchased ten acres on which the sanctuary has been established. God placed us in the strategic middle place. Ten years later, 1997, after we paid off this property, a smaller congregation, Five or six years to pay it off. God blessed us with the first phase of our building program. $1.1 million moved into this building 10 years after we purchased it. And not further from the time we got here within a year, God challenged us with growth again. And a neighbor who jo- owns, used to own adjoining property says, look, I need to, I need to sell some property because of my financial dilemma. And I want to be able to afford it to the church. If there's anything I want, this property has been passed down to me to go to. I wanted to go to the church. So Mike and Debbie Brown offered us a sale of 10 adjoining acres. And so in 1998, while we still owed over a million dollars, God put us in a strategic middle place and said, I have plans for you beyond 1988. And so go ahead and obey me. Somebody ought to help me. Praise the Lord. And so wouldn't you know it, in 1988, we, we set it down and we borrowed some money and we bought the 10 acres And then God gave the increase again. Somebody say again. And God challenged us. Do we dream our own dreams or do we dream God's dreams? And again, here we go. In 2003, we dedicated our family life and ministry center at the cost of $3.3 million. God is moving us from one in between to the next. God is moving us from the past to the present into the future and placing us at strategic places. If we will obey Him, He will take care of us and He will fulfill His vision. Somebody say amen. Amen. Since the years 2000 and 2008, we have acquired additional property to these properties as they came available and as you go out today out of the main entrance and you'll travel on the way like you're going east to peachtree city and you'll get to last of the road by the grace of god we've been able to acquire all the properties with the exception of the one house closest to our driveway in the last eight years somebody else ought to say amen and you know that one's coming too by the grace of god and so So we we move on because God has a place for every one of us. But He doesn't want you to camp out there indefinitely. Can I get another amen? And so uh, as I think about that, I, I need to apprise you. And we don't have enough screen to show this, but uh, you can adjust it if you can for me. We, in 2005, led by the Holy Spirit, God, after much prayer, we changed the name of the church from Peachtree City Church of God to South Metro Ministries. Why? Because while we love Peachtree City, while that's where the church began for its first three months, God had spoken to our hearts of a larger vision, not restricted to just one city or one town, God told us there'd be an area so large in South Metro that there'd be white folk and black folk and brown folk and and yellow folk and red folk and folk from all. This is a metropolis, a metropolitan area. He said, lengthen your cords, broaden your stake, put up your tent and be all inclusive because that's what the kingdom of God really is. Somebody praise him again. So we've been moving, 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 moving. We've added multiple ministries and additional staff as God gave the challenge and the resource. And at every juncture, it's been a strategic middle place. Now allow me to clarify, church. There's a reason why this is called God's strategic middle. While I know and you know that obedience is the blessed
1: path.
0: If there's anything God's going to bless... He's going to bless those who obey Him. Obedience is the blessed path. But let me put a comma there. This thing of living in the in-between, however, comes with challenges. It comes with personal sacrifice and pain. Living in God's strategic middle means that it comes often with attacks from Satan and warfare on more than one level. If you're holding on for your marriage and you seeking God, praying and fasting, the devil is going to test you by making your spouse even more rebellious to your prayers right before you get the answer. Can I get an amen here, somebody? Yeah. Some of you are living in the strategic middle of hoping that your son or daughter would hang with a different crowd other than this crowd. That they won't experiment with drugs and premarital sex and violence. And the more you go in their bedroom when they're not there to anoint it with oil and pray for them in the middle place of getting them from where they are to where they need to be, the more you see evidence of demonic powers coming against your children. Can anybody hear me here? If, if you obey God in your tithing and giving, even in a recession, you say, you know what? I've never proven God in my tithing and giving. I've given five percent, but five percent is not tithe. Okay? Ten percent is the tithe. I given three percent. That's not the tithe. Five percent is an offering. Three percent is offering. The... But you know what? The Bible says if I'm going to be blessed, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, I ought to tithe. The Bible says that God will rebuke the devourer for my sake. And he will take care of my needs and my, my family beyond. So I'm not just going to tip God. I'm going to tithe to God. And when you start tithing to God, the first week after you tithe, they're never going to tear up your refrigerator. They'll give you a flat tie and make you have to go to the dentist and you'll say, you see there, I shouldn't have given the tithe. I'm a preaching little Indian. Because every, every time you get ready to go another level of obedience and obeying God, you're going to be tested and tried. And what some folks have said, well, you know what, I don't need this. I'll just stay out here in the desert. And there you are wondering year after year after year. Wondering why God don't come by in greater power. Wonder why God doesn't come by in greater anointing. Wonder why somebody else is driving in you a car and you're not. Why somebody else has got a raise or promotion and you haven't. Why somebody else has gotten healed. And not because God doesn't love you. But greater obedience and faith brings greater blessings and rewards like nothing else can do. I'm trying to tell you,
1: while obedience costs you something obedience will bless you in ways like nothing else will ever do.
0: And I'm going to tell you something else. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against the enemy. So I want to tell you what the Lord is saying here. He's saying to Pastor Alan Matura and South Metro Ministries family, while you are in the in-between, from where I want to take you from there to beyond you got to be doing several things number 1 you got to revisit my vision for the church and God's vision has always been the lost can I get another amen here Jesus didn't come to die on a cross so we could have splendid cathedrals with art of world renown Jesus didn't come to die on a cross so we could have ornamentation for our neck by way of a cross. (laughs) Oh, help me, Jesus. Jesus didn't suffer the horrific, agonizing, shameful, hideous torture of Calvary's cross if sin and hell wasn't real. There is a place called hell created for the devil and his angels and all who willfully neglect the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to rescue the perishing. He came to buy us off of the auction block of Satan. When Satan put us on the auction block and was selling us to his demons and his hymns so he can cast us into hell. And like hungry dogs, the demons of hell would feed on our souls but
1: Jesus Christ came as the man in the in between the man in the middle cross while hell was pulling us that way with the devil and God was calling us that way Jesus came in the middle spot and took our soul from the devil's hand and joined God's hand and brought us together and built a big bridge in between and now we are reconciled to God and we are not going to hell we are on our way to heaven. Somebody ought to thank God whether you feel like it or not.
0: (laughs) Ah, Don't sit there now because you have a nicer car and a nicer house and nicer clothes and think about what you've done.
1: Yeah. Don't dare sit there thinking with my money market is secured and my retirement. No, you ain't done none of that. And none of that's going anywhere when you get ready to go. But it's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes our sins. And our soul will never die. If we're born again, we will live forever with Him. If you're glad for that, somebody give Him a hand clap
0: of praise. And if you think what I'm about to show you and what we're going to build is for my ego, you got another thought coming. If I wanted something for my ego, I'd live right in, the in between and stay right there. You know? Because if I wanted something for my ego to tell us, to tell us that this church of God, of the 6,500 churches of God in America, this is number 21 in ranking and giving and number 32 in ranking in attendance. So if I wanted just my ego, I would, they told us that, I wasn't even asking it. If I just wanted some for my ego, we'd pay off this debt and stay right here. Have 14 services. I'd do one and some of the rest of you will do some others. <laughs> A lot of times I just want to lay down my burden yeah. down by the riverside. Carry them no more. If once in a while I hear the voice say, "Alan, you done good. You ain't you. are not T.D. Jakes and you're not Billy Graham, but you done okay." Get the lazy boy out. Kick it back. Get the remote. Put some lemonade in the fridge, huh? Take it easy you'll be retirement years from now you'll be but the holy spirit keeps bringing this word to my head people 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 of which i am one did, did, did you did you hear what i said this 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 vision it's not about this building, not the name of the ego of South Metro Ministries. It's not about the staff. It's not because the Baptist Church now built them a building and the Methodist built one over here and now we got, now it's our turn. That ain't, that ain't God's plan at all. God's plan is Matthew 28 and 19 everybody this is god's this is god 's great commission, not just to Alan Matura but to everybody. everybody saved in this house and born again, not setting you up. Just want to know everybody born again by the blood of Jesus, raise up your hands, say thank you Jesus, thank you. say it again, thank you Jesus now. Whether you have credentials or not. Whether you've been to seminary or not. Whether you're singing the choir or not. Whether you're working... Everybody born again has been told by the Lord that people are God's priority. And Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. So I am saying to you this morning that... Whatever you are praying for about your dream and vision, if you're praying for a new car, if you're praying for a better house, if you're praying for a better job, if you're praying to start your own business, if you're praying to break an addiction, be sure that it has other people in mind other than your own self, okay? Because the Bible says anytime you're praying for something that has to do with you, yourself, and you alone, then you're asking it for your own consumption and your own pleasure, and God won't answer that prayer. If all you're thinking about, God, is make me rich and give me this, Listen, give me that. Give my family. God ain't even anywhere near that. But God, if you give me a better job, I'll bless somebody else. If you'll save my family, I'll pray somebody else's family get blessed. If you give me a better car, I'll bring somebody else to church who
1: might need transportation. If you heal my body, I'll pray over somebody else. I'm telling you, if you have other people in mind, when you pray, you're likely to get your answer from God.
0: And so the Lord is saying to South Metro Ministries, I'm sending people to you, make room for them. God is saying to us, love people, accept people, lead people, baptize people, disciple people, equip people, and send them out as salt and light in the world. People are God's priority. Somebody else say amen. People bring into our lives their baggage and bundles and burdens. And God says, love them anyhow.
1: People come in all colors, all sizes, and all kinds of packages. But they need a Savior. And God says, make room for them.
0: I'm telling you, over the years I've had to change my theology about some stuff. Because it was my theology and not God's. Over the years I've been so legalistic about some stuff. It's like somebody trying to clean fish before they catch fish. You all ain't helping me because some of you might still be legalistic and you don't want to holler. Now, some of us come to church every Sunday looking, scoping people up and down. I'm a preacher and I'm coming on. Yeah. We, we come there and somebody got our seat and we kind of look a little bit like this. Or the music just ain't like you want it. Or the air condition ain't blowing just like it wanted. Or somebody else may be dancing a little bit longer in the middle out there. And you
1: wish it was you. So you project your stuff on them.
0: If you knew what God brought some people through, you'd dance right there with them.
1: You didn't hear me. Some of you have forgotten. It's been so long. You have forgotten what God dragged you out of and where He brought you to. It's time you remember you were nothing if not for the grace of God. People, people, people. God loves people.
0: Yeah. I want you dressed and right when you come. If all you got is what you got when you come and you want Jesus, come on. Yeah. I want you, I want you behaving right and looking right when you come. But there's a right way to handle you and there's a wrong way. Oh, God help me. Yeah. When Jesus comes, he's not going to say, would you rapture that jaguar along with them? Because we ain't got none of those in heaven. Would you rapture that nice fence that they worked so hard when they should have been in church on Sunday for the next... Na- oh, Jesus. And that nice boat that they asked me to give them that now they're fishing on Sunday and Saturday. One brother said he took God's boat and went out on Sunday and God pulled the plug in the middle of the lake. I kid you not. God pulled the stop plug and the boat went on down. He never missed a Sunday after. I'm not praying that God pulls anybody's boat plug. I hope you have a boat and you'll invite me between Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Saturday. I'm not against boats and houses and cars and clothes. All that's the extras. People. People matters to God. If you've been where I've been and some of you have been where I haven't been where you are, you'll find out. When you're sucking in the last bit of oxygen, and they're piping needles in every vein they could find that would allow them to put it in, and you're sucking in and you're on a, 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 a ventilator, you'll understand it don't matter if you got five cents or five million. What matters is that God sends an angel down in the room, touches your body, lets resurrection power come in, and next thing you know, you're in church next Sunday morning talking about, look what the Lord has done. Here's something else the Lord told us that we need to be doing as we move to the next level at South Metro and your life. We need to be praying. Somebody help me here. Whatever you are, whatever you have been praying for, you ain't got it yet. Just keep praying. Jesus said on the occasion of visiting the temple in Jerusalem before his crucifixion. He saw them take the house of God, make merchandise. Of the things of the house of God. Can I get a witness here? The the, the the proprietors and the sales and even some of the religious people. Allowed sales in front of the church steps in the name of God. Since you got to go and sacrifice anyhow, let's sell you this animal so you can go in. When God says, that ain't the way I ordered this. Okay? I didn't order this where somebody selling out here gets 10%. You get 10%. And then I get the leftovers. Can I get an an amen here? And and the Lord says, you have made my house a den of thieves. When it ought to have been the house of prayer. Can I get an amen here? I got to hurry here. I got to hurry and tell you, brothers and sisters, that we here at South Metro Ministries have never gone to the next level in our 35 years of ministry history without this powerful resource of prayer. Can I get an amen? amen? Some of you are wondering where he's going with this lesson and what he's going to say. And, and what I'm going to say is last year in March, I gave one of these to everybody in the worship folder. Because God had already begun to churn in my spirit that we need to move out from the in between. Yes. I don't know if you still got it, where you have it, if you pull it out when you get home and we'll make some more. But it says prayer lists for future building project. Yes. Now, not everybody have the same amount of money or the same amount of time or resources, but there's nobody here that cannot pray. Can I get an amen? Give a Lord a hand clap, somebody. Listen to me. If we are going to be the church God wants us to be, it's always got to be seasoned in the atmosphere of prayer. Let me hasten to tell you that I've asked you to pray about these things. I'll just review them. Pray that I, as your shepherd, would have no fear of the devil, and wisdom from god can i get an amen i've asked you to pray for the company we should use and the contractor we should use for our next building i've asked you to pray for the bank and the financial institution that we should use give me an amen i've asked you to pray for our existing debt to be paid off soon 1.65 million dollars i've asked you to pray for the next debt that we might acquire of maybe six million for it to be paid off before we even sign the dotted line can i get an amen? I've asked you to pray about things like the square footage of the next building. The location on the property. I've asked you to pray for the youth ministry, the preschool ministry, the music ministry. I've asked you to pray about additional property purchases. I've asked you to pray about the new building. I've asked you to pray that all of the church would catch the vision that God is giving us. Give me an amen. Amen. I've asked you to pray that all of us would be partners in giving. And partner in knowing that not one giver will make it happen, but everybody doing their part. Somebody else say amen. I've asked you to pray about the elevation of the building. I've asked you to pray about the timing of when we should build. I've asked you to pray about favor with the state and with the county and with the building officials and with the zoning. I've asked you to pray about just every possible thing I could think about because if we don't pray and seek God, we will have to go on our own strength and our own power and we won't get very far. But if two or three agree together touching any one thing, I don't care if it's your marriage or your mind or your money.
1: If you're getting somebody to lock arms with you and say come to the altar with me pray with me God will open up the heavens and pour you out a blessing
0: you will have room to contain it I'm telling you prayer will make things happen like nothing else will and not only do, must we be a people who are conscious of the vision meaning the people and prayer but preparation Jesus made this remark About counting the cost. In Luke chapter 14 verse 28. He says for which of you intending to build a tower. Does not sit down first and count the cost. Whether he has enough to finish it. What I'm going to show you in the next few moments. Is what we have been trying to do for the last year. About preparation. 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 Counting the cost. Being wise. The Holy Spirit released me to release today these these pictures for your prayer and for your preparation. They are not completed. It's not perfected. We're not taking a vote. We're just in preparation. But I want to cast something before you so you can see and know that what I've been preaching for the last year hadn't just been words. Okay? So so let me show you here what kind of preparation we are making for the next building. What you see is is a design of our present property. You are sitting in that section that says, dim the lights, dim the lights if you will. Everybody ready for class? Say amen. amen. Dim the stage lights even more if you can. Even if you bring them down as much as you can. Stage lights, down, 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 down. We are right here. Matter of fact, that's one of you right there sleeping. Get up! We are going, you're right here, we're going out that door. Everybody point this way, everybody point this way. Point, point, help, help me out, humor me, come on, humor me. Yeah, we're going out that door for this building, this building right here. Can I get an amen here? Okay. Th- th- this, is all, this is parking, all, this is additional parking. The ball field will go someplace else, perhaps to California. Anyhow, just kidding. Just kidding. Ball field and fun and every, everything has its time. We're going to reface this present building. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and give the Lord some praise. What you see presently out front will be refaced with this mall-like entrance. And if there's anything that ought to tower above a church, it should be the cross. And so you, you get this kind of feel and this kind of approach as you get it in your mind. Now, I'm, not only this morning, but later on, I'm going to put some charts and some foam board out there and some other stuff. We gonna, the Bible says, write the vision. Yeah. Put it on paper while I'm putting it on PowerPoint. Next week, I'll probably have it on foam board. And then I'll hand it and I'll send you an email. Yeah. yeah, and I'll twit to you and some of you twits will twit back. <laughs> we'll have a good time.
1: Write the vision. Put it down. It may not be here on August 15, 2010, but by the power of God, what you're sitting in didn't happen overnight, but somebody wrote it down. Somebody preached. Somebody believed.
0: So we're going. I want to give you several angles of what what it would look like for us as we move into what God has for us from the in-between. And if you can believe with me and pray with me and prepare with me and love people with me, nothing too hard for God to do. What you're sitting in right now, and if I can get this little pointer to work for me, and it is, if you dim it a little more, that's fine too. Can you see that pointer? Can you? Right here is where we are this morning right now. We're going to convert all of this into children's ministry area. Oh, we got a lot of kids that need to know about Jesus. And when you walk out, when you walk out the door, Right here. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's there. Yeah, it's there. All, all the present ministry area for children. The nurseries right here. This will be children. What we'll do with our fellowship commons area. This is where I'm pointing now. will become our youth center. Our youth center will be enlarged to become a fireside fellowship room for weddings, receptions, and other fellowships. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I like it. Thank you, Jesus. Because let me tell you something. The kids and the youth can't pay their way, but we can. And when we get our children in the Word and in songs about Jesus and in art about Jesus and in Christmas plays and Easter plays about, and how youth learn about the Lord. There's a lot of competition in the world to win our kids and young people. Hollywood and the and the entertainment industry and the fashion industries pour billions of dollars luring our kids into things that will fade away. The church has got to spend some money on its youth. And so all of this will become children area. Let, let, let me move you. You all still with me here? This will be the first floor of our new sanctuary. This will be a fan-shaped sanctuary with, with uh, seats on the floor area that are movable. And then behind it, the stadium effect seating. And I'll, I'll show you that in a moment. I'll show you. Let, let me back up one, if you will. Back up, back up, back up, if you will. Oh, we're getting too fast, aren't we? getting happier before I intend for you to. One more, please. One more, please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm doing it, isn't I? am doing its not i am the one messing it up. Yes. Thank you, Valerie. I have a backup button. Don't I? Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's why. <laughs> we're going to put our administrative wing. We've got offices all over this church. We need to keep our staff together. Amen. Keep us together. Focus in work. Focus in discipline. Yeah. Focus in prayer and focus in vision. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to have adjacent to the sanctuary. 1,500-seat sanctuary, platform and stage. And I will do this for you outside so you can see it as the weeks go on. We're going to do a new administration wing. At the tip of that, we're going to put the choir right up here, some, right there, right there. Say amen, choir. Amen. That way you just walk over to the sanctuary right there in the choir. And you're shouting, whoop, glory, all the way over. Mm. This, this is this church family stuff today, okay? If you came to be delivered, thank God you are going to be. Amen. Let me move you then. This is the top floor, okay? And then let me move you this is this is a rendition we're not finished yet okay but it's a rendition of what the floor would look like the stage and then the stadium seating effect seats that will be such that we'll everybody will be in closer proximity than just a straight sort of shotgun uh, kind of approach to to the construction of this building here's another rendition of what the stage might look like and what the choir might look like again not completely finished we're working on it the word is preparation everybody say preparation oh yes and so if you could just keep keep the dream and vision in your heart and mind. It's amazing what God's going to do for us. Because we, we, we are not a church that just needs the space two years from now. We are a church that needs the room today. Somebody give the Lord a Lord a thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, now let, let me, you can just leave the lights like it is. Let me, let me say this to you. I, I'm saying to you this morning that when you prepare and you, 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 and in your life, you got to make preparations. When, when we prepare for this church, we got to have meetings with the staff and meeting with the elders, meeting with the builders and meeting with the bankers and meeting with the lenders and meeting with the denominational leaders. And we got to keep going and going, but tweaking all the way. And yet God says, I believe this with all my heart. You might want to write it down. If I prepare, God will provide. Somebody ought to say amen. Come on, give the Lord another praise. But bring it up a little bit, lights. If, if in your life, listen to me, I don't know what you need, where you are, but you know it. If you prepare yourself by fasting sometimes, by praying, by keep giving to God, by keep going to church, even though you don't see your miracle right now, if you prepare your vessel, God will supply the resource to provide it for your vessel that you may spill over on somebody else. Can I get another Amen i 'm going to hasten here 's another word god 's given me partnership partnership. If this church and this ministry is going to go beyond this area of god 's strategic middle to the next area, we need everybody saying it 's not just somebody else 's responsibility if i 'm a recipient of god 's grace at any measure in my life, I need to return blessings back to others can I get an amen if I only got a thimble full of God's blessings in my life and all of us know we got a whole lot more than that then I need to pour out on somebody else can I get another amen you are sitting on pews you are worshiping in a house that somebody partnered for that some of which are going on to be with the Lord but they left a legacy like you and I will leave as we partner together to move from God's strategic middle to God's place of possession can I get another amen You know, in America, we are told in America, in the church and in the secular world, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Do you know it? Do you know that in most local churches in America, and this one too, 20% of the people who come here do 80% of the work. It shouldn't be that way. Do you know that in most churches in America, 20% of the people do 80% of the giving? How many of know that's not God's plan? The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Somebody help me out here. No more than you would go to Old Charlie's or no more than you would go to Golden Corral or Longhorns or Red Lobster and eat there and walk out and expect that they will cause you to just say bye bye, come eat next Sunday free. Somebody ought to help me here now. Okay? And I'm not mad at anybody, but I'm saying to you, too many people in the kingdom of God have let widows and orphans and retired people and people who make minimum wage pay their way when they ought to have been involved in sowing in the kingdom and making it possible for other people to get blessed. You ought to say amen or Owe me or something, but you know I'm telling you the truth. Partnership. Boy, it's easy to fork out forty five to sixty bucks to play around the golf come Sunday morning giving God two dollars. Easy to go to Longhorns and fork out fifty bucks with dessert and drink and get a steak and forget we eating it by the time we got to church because it was the middle of the week and when the offering comes and the usher comes, we act like the plate has some kind of influenza. Yeah, it's vision Sunday. I'm casting it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't make it my business to find out who gives what, except that you're going to be in leadership. If you're going to be in leadership and you want a leadership position in the church, I am going to check and see whether you're a tither or giver or not. Okay? Because I don't want you dispersing and teaching the people the Word of God when you yourself ain't keeping the Word of God. Okay? But here's what I'm telling you, okay? There are missionaries that need help. There are orphans that need help. There are children who need help. There are widows and orphans that need help. There are people in this house that need help. There are lost and dying people going to hell. And what I'm saying to you is every Sunday, as the
1: Bible says, we ought to lay aside a portion of what God has blessed us financially and bring it to the storehouse that there may be meat in God's house and we can move from the middle to the power. Somebody say amen.
0: Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just going to have a little drink here. But you know what? In spite of the fact that some folks don't partner, God hadn't forsaken us. In the last 15 months, we the, the building. Go back to the previous slide. This that's on the screen is going to be about $6 million. <laughs> Man, you know why I'm so happy? Because 6,000, 600,000, 6 million, I can't come up with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just happy as can be. Because the same God who brought us from down the road down yonder <laughs> is the same God on whose door I'm knocking. About $6 million. And then we have a debt of about 1.65. And in the last fifteen months, because people in this church every week tithe and give, and then they put a little extra in something called the building fund partnership. In the last fifteen months, we have been paying our mortgage payment each month, which is fourteen thousand dollars and some change. Along with fourteen thousand dollars and some change each month, in the last fifteen months we have paid over an additional of over two hundred and fifty nine thousand more on the principal. Anybody know the principal? I ain't talking about that principal. I'm talking about the one in your mortgage. I feel it. I just woke you up. I just woke some of you thinking, "Oh God, as soon as I get out here, I'll be happy. No, 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 you ain't happy. I'll make you happier. Come the first of the year. you know what? What South Metro is going to do? We're going to have a uh, long about maybe February or March, we're going to have a capital stewardship campaign. I've never done a project like this without the Holy Spirit directing me to do what he did, Moses. Went, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Touch me, man. What do you think? Electricity, <laughs> Moses got ready to build a tabernacle. They ain't got no Lowe's and Home Depot out in the wilderness. Y'all ain't hearing me preach. They're out in the desert, slaves for hundreds of years. All they got is some kind of tent and poles that they used to pitch. And the Lord says, build a tabernacle. And most think thinking, there ain't no Home Depot here. <laughs> and if there was, we ain't got no payment plan. It's amazing how God says, you do what I tell you. Amen. And tell the people who have a willing heart. Yes. But I say willing heart. willing heart. Tell the people who have a willing heart yes. to bring an offering bring skins of animals. You know, before they left Egypt, God so plagued Egypt, and He told them, the the Hebrews, go tell the Egyptians, give me your stuff I need to travel with. I need some stuff. Well, the Egyptians were so tired of plagues, and God beating them around because Pharaoh's heart was hardened. They had lice, and they this week... I found out in my yard I had what's called army worms. I have never heard of army worms before. I'm walking Prissy out in the yard. You know the poodle that almost lost my marriage over. Uh, it's good though. Don't be talking about a poodle now, okay? And the neighbor, I saw his yard brown, and he says, "Man, you got 'em too." I'm like, "Got what?" I'm just walking, pressing. you anybody heard of army worms? Raise your hands. Okay. I didn't see their captain or general or their tanks, but they were eating. They were, they were eating up the yard. And the Egyptians had lice, worms, murrain, disease on cattle, hail, and they thought, my God, we'll give you whatever you need. Just leave us alone. And, and right before the Israelites left Egypt, they got gold and silver and all kinds of precious stuff from the Egyptians. They're saying, go
1: ahead, take it, take it. We're going to
0: die in the house. Take it. And God blessed an offering in the desert to build his tabernacle until the artisans said, stop them. Tell them don't bring no more. I'm waiting for that Sunday. <laughs> I've been here 25 years. And Brother Doris Adams, I've been waiting for that Sunday where I say, Ushers, don't come today. <laughs> and you know i have a little fun with you, but how many know God can do that too? Yeah. We're going to have a campaign. And we're going to ask you to partner with us. Two more thoughts. And I'm going to close. Come to the music, please, sir. What does pastor and the church need to do? Not just partnership. Everybody say partnership. Persist. Say persistence. I'll preach it another time. Listen to me. The Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And the Bible tells us of a widow woman who because of her persistence she went to an unjust judge to have her estate settled by someone who was taking advantage of her. Her husband had died. Her children had died. And the only point of uh, mediation that she could expect was a just, A judge. Well, this judge was very cocky, very arrogant, very assured of himself. He had power and position, and he didn't mind anybody knowing it. And he would just kind of, you know, just snap her off. Don't aggravate me, woman. But that was say she just kept coming and coming and coming to this unjust judge, who didn't fear God, didn't fear this woman. And this judge finally said one day, you know what? This lady is an, an aggravation. And will give her what she wants. And he did. Not because he was kind or charitable. Just because she was persistent. And the Bible says, Wouldn't God, who is not like the unjust judge. Can I get an amen here? Wouldn't God, who is far more loving and sympathetic and compassionate and merciful.
1: Wouldn't God, who loved us so much.
0: Hear our prayers if we persist you see sometimes our prayers are encumbered because Satan doesn't want us to give a testimony can you get an amen sometimes our prayers are encumbered because of Daniel's prayers when the prayers went up and the angel was bringing the answer down but Satan released a demon to fight with the angel of God who was bringing the answer down to resist the answer from coming to Daniel it took three weeks instead of three minutes I mean that happens in in the heavenly sometimes persist if your marriage ain't what it ought to be yet, persist. Give me an amen. If your finances are not what it ought to be yet, persist. If you haven't got your miracle, keep praying. Keep quoting the Bible. Keep coming to church. If you don't have reconciliation between that person who hurts you and that damage you're feeling, keep forgiving. Can I get an amen? Keep loving, keep forgiving, keep persisting. Because finally one day you'll get this. Next slide please. Finally one day you'll move into the possession. Did you hear what I said? Finally, one day, you'll move into the possession of the promises of God in your life. Uh, Listen to me. I know I've gone long, but I've I've tried to cast a vision. Every one of these words start with a P, and the Holy Spirit gave them to me on Friday so that I can give them to you about your in-between. Every one of us. God doesn't want us to die with dreams beating in our chest or our bosom. Dreams and visions of what we can be and should be. Tie with it in our bosom. God wants us to possess His promises. God doesn't give us promises in the Bible to aggravate us or annoy us. Oh, hold out before our noses is like a carrot that we could never receive but god wants us to
1: possess our healing possess our joy possess our land possess our peace stand please would
0: you stand in the name of the lord would you lift up holy hands to heaven with me get would you get a song of praise ready for us lift up your hands to the lord with me come on give him some praise with me come on i know that you've been in a posture of sitting but lift up those hands raise your voices once you've Place your Bibles down. Lift up your hands. Raise your voices and say, God, I won't settle to live in the in-between if I can have the possession of my promises, your promises. Come on, lift it up. God, forgive me for wandering in a wilderness when I ought to be on the way to the promised land. Come on, church. God, help me to prepare. Help me to love people, God. Help me to partner with you. Come on. Let me hear somebody believe with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. Oh, God, would you lead and guide us even now by the power of your word and your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Your heads are bowed, if you will. Your eyes are closed just a moment. I must tell you this before I end this lesson. Just because you've showed up to church today doesn't include you in the kingdom of God if you're not born again. I'm back to the first point. People you are valuable to God. But just because you are in the number of a church and in the company of saints, if there is known sin in your life or rebellion or disobedience, whether it's on a small scale or a large scale, it's disobedience anyhow, and it jeopardizes your soul, and you need a Savior. Pray, Christians, all over this church, you say, Pastor Allen, I need and want to be born again. Pastor, I know you've been talking about the church and the vision I know you're talking about where we're headed as a church, but I also know the Spirit is dealing with me about my personal life. I need Jesus as a Savior, my Savior. I need to come back into the kingdom. Are you praying, Christians? I need to come back in the kingdom. I need to rededicate my life to God. If I were to ask you to do it from the pew and not in the altar this morning, would you do it? And if I were to ask you to do it from the pew in the altar, would you do it? Because the fact of the matter is not about your comfort, it's about your salvation. The Lord will call you if you will respond. He'll call you even though you don't respond. You say, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. to be born again the first time. Raise your hands. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hold it up in faith. Thank you, Lord. Put it down. Everyone in the house, lift both hands to the Lord with them who raised their hands and tilt your head toward heaven and repeat after me, everybody. Lord Jesus, thank you for reminding me of the one thing that is most important to you and that is people... And I, Lord, am among those numbers that you came for. Today, I confess that I cannot save myself. And I ask you to come into my life, purge me, cleanse me, wash all of my sins away, change my attitude, change my agenda, change my direction. Change my speech. Make me, Lord, more like you. Today, Lord, I move from the in-between. And I'm headed to the promise of eternal life. I believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. He is my Savior. I receive Him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and give Him thanks. Sing with me. Something moving, something changing. Sing with us. we feel my heaven
1: on Something moving,
0: This microphone has checked me. Has checked me. It'd just be so easy to let you just slip right out of here. And the other one come in, and I would fight this for the rest of the day that I didn't obey it. If you're carrying something this morning and you are in the in between and you're ready to get to your promised land, it wasn't covered in the prayer because you're already saved. Come to this altar before we leave, and I want to pray over you in Jesus' name. If you're carrying health issues, financial issues, children issues, marriage issues. You say, God, I'm praying, but nothing's happening. Come, come in Jesus' name. God, I'm partnering, but something needs to move, something needs to shake. Sing it again. And while this come, come up close, come. When
1: you come, raise up your hands. God, I'm headed to the promised land. I'm headed to the top. come from everywhere. Stay. Raise your hand, church. Raise your hands. Come on. Come for a prayer. Come for a prayer. Come from everywhere. Let's Here goes that. Come on, God, stop in it. Take something moving, something shaking. Something's on. Something moving. Say it. Something shaking. God, I believe you want to release your heart.
0: spirit told me to tell you that came up front he told me to tell you not to pray it in a whisper in the next moment not to pray it in a whisper but pray loud enough for you to hear it he told me you out there in in, in the church as an encourager and in the choir to praise them out loud while they pray listen god says there's a time to be silent and there's a time to proclaim I want when you get ready to pray in a moment Tell the Lord Lord, uh, when you pray God, I'm not leaving this altar With this burden I brought here Tell Him what it is Tell Him I want my job I want my health I want sound mind I want my children I want my marriage And say it in the form of a praise Raise up your hands All over the church Praise Him out loud Tell Him out loud Raise your voices Those of you praying pray Pray loud Others of you praise out loud Nobody looking around To be entertained Come on, say it out loud Oh, Hallelujah God I feel the utterance of the Holy Ghost Come on, come on God I fought by myself But I'm not going to fight anymore I'm going to partner with God
1: I'm going to partner with the Bible I'm going to partner with somebody else who helped me pray God I have been puny and I've been pathetic But I'm not going to be puny or pathetic anymore I'm claiming my marriage I'm claiming my health Come on, shout it out I'm claiming my job. I'm claiming my peace. I'm claiming, oh God, the joy of the Lord. Something's moving. Something's shaking. Something's moving. Something's See the glory of God. Come on. Help me praise it. I want you to scare the devil by your praises. Sing it, sing it. Sing it quiet. Sing it, sing See the glory. Why? may sing. Come on. Go ahead. Devil, you are. the Lord, a hand
0: clap, somebody. I'm not just now trying to keep you here any longer unnecessarily, okay? And I don't mean to be cocky when I tell you this. I'm not just now just trying to keep you here, but no one will work harder in all who come to church today than me, okay? Because yes. I'm here to bring the words. I'm not just Amen. keeping here. Amen. But oh God, wouldn't it be tragic why if the word just sh- right over our head and beside our ears when it should be getting right in here? Amen. Wouldn't it be tragic if we if we know we could have the devil under our feet Amen. instead of over our head? Something needs to move and
1: shake and stir come on by the
0: power of God. And it's got to come out of your own mouth. Your mouth, I gotta say, I'm not gonna die, I'm gonna live. Your mouth, I gotta say, I'm not the tail of the head. Your mouth, I gotta say, that I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not gonna give up, but I, I know I'm not gonna give in. Something's moving and shaking. I need 30 more seconds of that. Raise up your hands, 30 more seconds. Say it with your mouth. Testify with your mouth what's gonna happen in your life. Call your children's name. Call your loved ones. To say, God, it's not gonna. The word of God's not gonna go over my head or beside my ear. The devil's not gonna be in my life. The word of God, Father, I thank you. I speak life and not death. I speak peace and not confusion. I speak joy and not gloom. Something's moving. And come on, ten more seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless His name.
1: Bless your
0: name, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Well, now, I feel like I've done right by him. Give giving one more hand clap.